do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may be able to prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Romans 12:2. This is Resistance and Reformation on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. When Abraham Lincoln was assassinated in 1865, James A. Garfield happened to be visiting in New York City. Known as one of the president's most trusted political and military advisors, he was implored by city officials to address the agitated throngs that had gathered in the streets. So he climbed aloft a scaffold and won the crowd's attentions. He simply said, My fellow citizens, the president is dead, but the republic lives, and God omnipotent reigns. Garfield, who would himself one day attain the highest office in the land, only to be struck down by an assassin's bullet, had been a fire-breathing Yankee enthusiast during the war between the states, but the uncivil horrors of the battlefields in Virginia and the inhuman manipulations of the politicians in Washington had tempered his passions considerably. He no longer believed that men and governments, ideologies and policies, or parties and factions were ends unto themselves. He had embraced instead a perspective of politics rooted in a far deeper and profounder reality. From the pinnacle of that scaffold in New York, he reminded the from the pinnacle of that scaffold in New York, he reminded the crowd of that reality. Fellow citizens, clouds and darkness are round about him. His pavilion is in dark waters and thick clouds of the skies. Justice and judgment are the establishment of his throne. Mercy and truth shall go before his face. Fellow citizens, God reigns in or the government in Washington, despite all appearances. Garfield apparently understood a profound fact that is all too rare in politics and culture today. In the end, the affairs of men and nations are dependent upon God's good providence in the world. Not powerful politicians, not brilliant policies, not superior resources, but God's own immutability. Despite all appearances in this poor fallen world, he remains upon his throne. The gracious purposes of Almighty God in the world are therefore sure, regardless of what the circumstances may bring. He rules and reigns, and not we ourselves. Garfield would be the last of the presidents to go from a log cabin to the White House. Left fatherless, when only an infant, Garfield was forced to work from his earliest days on the family farm in Ohio. Besides helping his widowed mother, he also succeeded in earning enough as a canal boat driver, carpenter, and teacher to put himself through college. 
His love of learning led him into a teaching career, serving as a professor of Latin and Greek and later as a college president. The initiative that catapulted Garfield into the scholarly ranks ultimately carried him into public life as well. He became known as a powerful anti-slavery speaker and grew active in local politics. A brilliant career in the Union Army, he was a brigadier general by the time he was 30, was interrupted when he resigned after being elected to Congress. There, he served for 18 years, emerging in 1880 as the leader of his party. Nevertheless, when the Republicans met in Chicago in 1880, Garfield was not considered a presidential contender. The struggle was between Grant, who was willing to try yet another third term, and Senator James Blaine from Maine. But as had happened so many times before, the convention was so divided that neither man could win. It was not until the 36th ballot that the dark horse candidate, James A. Garfield, was nominated. Sadly, the surprise gift of the highest office in the land was not one that Garfield could enjoy for very long. In the White House, he showed signs of being a strong executive of independent spirit, independent of his party, but he was in office less than four months when he was fatally shot by an assassin as he was about to catch a train in the Washington Depot on September the 19th, 1881. Like Lincoln, that earlier log cabin president that Garfield had loved, admired, and eulogized, Garfield left the White House a martyr, having spent less time in office than any other president except Benjamin Harrison, as was the case for most of the men who helped to launch and sustain the great American experiment in liberty over the past two centuries, Garfield recognized that political and cultural activity in the world was ultimately limited in what it could do because we are limited in what we can do. Years earlier, he was able to reassure the tense mob before him that the fate of the nation, as was the case with everything else in the purview of human activity, remained in the hands of God. And that is the true beginning place for both resistance and reformation. I'm George Grant on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. For more information and for additional resources, go to georgegrant.com.